Welcome to Real Life Moms. I'm your host, Lisa Foster. And Real Life Moms is a podcast that's all about real conversations and real life issues that parents deal with every day. Our mission is to connect moms by talking about these topics and to continue these conversations through our Real Life Moms Facebook group, where we would love for you to become part of our community. And this week, I invited Becky Gruber to help answer some questions that I personally had about how to get our kids ready for college. Hi, Becky. Welcome to Real Life Moms. Hi, Lisa. I'm so glad that you are willing to talk with me today because I have so many questions about our topic. So our topic is college, all of it, everything from like, how do you apply? How do you deal with your kid? like actually leaving the house, um, Mm -hmm. SATs, how do you prepare? Like I've got it all for you today. (laughs) And, and honestly, like, I mean, my kid's not there yet, but like, I feel like it's really close. Like it's like before I blink, she's going to need to apply. And I have really no clue, but you, but you do have two kids. One is already, yeah. One's already in college. Right. So there you go. You're an expert already. Total pro. And the other one, is she starting to apply or she's like getting ready to apply? She's Yeah. She's getting ready to. So she's in the thick of the SAT prep kind of world and thinking about like creep making a college list mode college. right now okay yeah. actually my daughter has made a college list which I think is so funny because she still has like you know two years or so before this but but yeah she's already made college lists but it's all based on what colleges look like like how pretty they are how much grass <laughs> they have like that kind of stuff or palm yeah. trees is a big a big plus so I'm not <laughs> sure but for someone like me who's really like has no clue and just starting I think like if we can just start from the very basics like uh-huh your kid is entering high school. And I have to ask this question because it, it just has always weighed on me. And I know we talked about this when my kid was at, entering high school. I asked you about classes. <laughs> but like, you know, you got the advanced classes and you got this international baccalaureate program. Mm-hmm. And then you've got regular curriculum, right? Mm-hmm. How much do you feel like how important are these different divisions even applying to college? Do they even look at that? Is that really important? No, I think the thing is that they, it depends on what kind of college and what sort of, um, sort of curriculum and what interests your kid has. So Mm -hmm. um, if you have a kid who's super, super driven and knows that they want to be a physician or um, an engineer, um, you know, study math or science, you know, it can be really helpful to have that IB diploma Um, if they're looking at wanting to go to an Ivy League school. Um, Mm -hmm. or study overseas, then the IB diploma would be really crucial. But for your average kid, I think from my experience with both of our kids has been um, a mixture of AP or IB classes along with what's called just college prep at Mm -hmm. at our local high school. Um, And that seems to be the like a good mixture, at least for our kids with their um, managing of extracurriculars and having kind of a, I don't know, just a manageable schedule with homework and um, what they feel like they can manage on a day-to-day basis um, Mm -hmm. with everything else they're juggling. And then also feeling like they can um, excel, you know, take, take the harder classes in subjects that, um, that they really can excel in and then get those extra um, credits, you know, that, that go toward their, their GPA and so forth. So that helps with, with applying to, to schools, um, you know, that might, they get a weighted GPA for the AP classes. Is, is that yeah. right? 
Yeah. And so, yeah. so does the school, does the college actually see their, I guess, real grades? So if they got a B, but it's weighted an A, are they seeing just the A or the, do they see both? Or what, what does that look like? I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think they see both. I think okay. they see a weighted and an unweighted GPA. Yeah. Most, okay. most schools, I think, do want to see both. Yeah. And I mean, like when we went to college, there was no such thing as a weighted grade. Like you didn't get above a 4.0. So I know. Yeah. Seems um, remarkable and strange to me. But (laughs) yeah. um, Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, okay. So if you take a, you know, a regular, you know, college prep, a regular class, you know, your normal classes, and you get an A in it, and that looks great. But then mm-hmm. if you take an AP class, because you want, you know, you want to do that and show whatever, mm-hmm. uh, but you're getting like a C in it, you know, because mm-hmm. it's harder and it's making mm-hmm. too much work and you're just not thriving. And now it's weighted a B. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, well, does that really look better for a college? Like, to me, I'm like, that doesn't look better for a college to have a C yeah. weighted a B. You might as well just get the A in the. I don't know. So that was just interesting, I think, because there are choices. And so yeah. what you're saying, what I hear that you're saying and that you think, you think, we, we know we don't all know the answers <laughs> and that's okay, is that if you're really thinking of like an I, Ivy League uh, school, one of the real top schools, mm-hmm. um, and then these higher level classes could be of a, a benefit. But if you're thinking of, you know, your typical college or a good college, then, you know, even just a mixture or just even the normal curriculum is great. Is that Yeah, correct? I mean, yeah, I think my mentality in terms of um, high school and college and life in general and parenting in particular is um, (laughs) that you have to have a balance, right? Like Mm -hmm. um, if you are a kid who is so bright and so motivated um, and taking all AP classes is totally your thing and it and it makes you um, all lit up inside, then that's mm-hmm. great. Then do it. Yeah, but I think yeah. for our kids doing, having a balance um, mm-hmm. of classes is kind of a metaphor for what we hope for them for life in general is that you would have, you know, that there are things you excel in and things that are harder. And so you figure out the balance and mm-hmm. that the college you go to should be able to um, embrace and encourage that same kind of balance. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're if you're a kid who wants to go to an Ivy League school and feels like that that is your dream mm-hmm. and that's the kind of curriculum you can handle, then great. But yeah, if yeah. it feels like more than you can bear in high school to try to juggle all those really hard classes, then to me, it seems like um, in the cost benefit analysis, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't yeah. um, end up, you know, boding well for mental health and just for overall happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I feel like I, I feel like the AP, like the advanced classes, the IB programs, they're really meant for those kids who really love. In fact, I feel like when, you know, when my daughter was thinking of what to take and what not, you know, the teacher would say, does she love that subject? And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, she doesn't. I'm, gra- I'm glad she's doing well. And I'm glad you can recommend AP or mm-hmm. the advanced class, but um, but she doesn't love it. And if she doesn't mm-hmm. love it, let's stay normal. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. in normal she's not going to struggle. In normal she's going to 
rise herself up because she is getting good grades in those mm-hmm. classes mm-hmm. without the pressure and she yep. can enjoy it and then enjoy other things and feel good about herself. Yep. So, yeah, I do think like those classes are really meant for those kids that really, you know, yeah, they, they love that and they're meant to mm-hmm. challenge some kids, but some kids just taking it just so they look better maybe in college, mm-hmm. maybe is not the way to go. Mm-hmm. So like an example from for us from this year, from the fall was um, when our daughter was in advanced math. Mm-hmm. and was doing fine in it, but then decided she wanted to do um, a really cool extracurricular course in screenwriting through an mm-hmm. online school in New York. And we decided, she really decided and advocated for herself that she would like to move down to, to regular math so that she would have the time and energy to mm-hmm. pour into doing this other thing that yeah. is really her passion and mm-hmm. so that seemed like really modeling that kind of balance that we're hoping the kids can live into. Yeah, and great for her deciding that on her yeah. own. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, okay, so your daughter, going to your daughter, she is in the process of the SATs, right? Yep. Um, okay, these things, they freak me out because I, <laughs> I remember mm-hmm. the SATs back when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I had, yeah, not so great, I'll be honest, and I had a lot of a lot of room to improve. So, mm-hmm. um, how how are kids studying for these? I feel like they just pop up in the spring and they say, "Oh, here's the test. We're ready." And um, you know, for my kid right now, um, you know, she's about to take the PSATs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but. Um, yeah, there's no studying going on mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. I see that there's books out there that we could be like maybe taking and trying some things, but that, that's not, I have a book. I have a book. <laughs> it, it's in the closet. It's in her closet. Um, there's no reading of it. So curious about the SATs. Um, is she studying? Do they take them cold? Talk to me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so let's see, you know, there's the SAT and the ACT. And yes. um, my understanding is that they're quite similar in a lot of ways, although they test different, they, they sort of test differently. And so the recommendation um, that I got from a friend who is in fact a pro at all this stuff was to have the kids try an ACT and try an SAT and see which one they liked better. And I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. My kids are not going to spend three hours, six hours total practicing, taking these courses and deciding, or these classes, these uh, tests and deciding Uh what they're going to prefer. So I just looked at kind of what the SAT is more sort of known for and what the ACT is sort of more known for. Yeah. Can you share share that with us? Because I don't, I don't know that. Yeah. I think, I think if memory serves, Mm -hmm. um, ACT is more science based. Okay. I'm pretty much making that up. So you might want to. Well, it's funny because I kind of remember that a little bit from back when I took them. So from reading, just literally Googling what the difference between SAT and ACT. So with our son, he, in the manner of all eldest children everywhere, just we just sort of figured it out as we went with him. And Mm -hmm. with our daughter, it was more like, oh, I guess there are options or maybe we should research this. Um, So he just, he didn't, we didn't even think about the ACT for him. We just said, oh, SAT, and he did it. But for both kids, we actually did do um, a course. So we signed him up for classes, 
just outsourcing the studying to an organization that is proven to know how to do that and teach kids how to basically navigate the game that is standardized testing. Um, Mm -hmm. So did they take it like after their pre SATs Mm -hmm. or like, so before they took, before they took their SATs, they took this course. Okay. Cause some people take an SAT, I think, and then take a course to increase their SAT grade. Right. But they took it before. Okay. Yeah. So with, with our son, we were sort of extra ahead of the curve. Um, and he took, he ended up taking his SAT way early mm-hmm. um, because we wanted to give him a chance. With him, we really thought it would be great for him to get a score early. And then if he wanted to be able to work toward a higher score, he could. Um, mm-hmm. So we just sort of bought him a ton of time basically by letting him getting him signed up for taking it um kind of like the summer before everyone else was taking it in in the springtime of their junior year and he had taken it the summer between sophomore and junior year Mm -hmm. um and got a great score and so he didn't have to worry about it anymore so that was great for him with our daughter um she is taking a course right now Mm -hmm. um so that's, you know, separate from school and she meets with them twice a week and it involves um, small group sort of learning and then one-on-one teaching with a, with a sort of special, I don't know, tutor. They do a few practice tests and then she'll take the test in March. And then, um, so I've just signed her up for that outside of school, but then the standardized test for juniors at high school is also the SAT and that's in April so theoretically if she wants to try to get a better score in April having taken it in March she could do that as well wow two tests so close together seems like a lot (laughs) It, it is but it's also I think theoretically the ideal because you have prepared and you know all the skills for taking the test and so then you just can keep you remember how to do it And that's the thing with these standardized tests, honestly, is it's all about learning how to take the test. It's it's way less about your knowledge and much more about knowing the the tricks of the grade. Yeah. And I didn't know that you, like, I just know it's given at their school, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's how I figured that's how she would take it. But Mm -hmm. what you're saying is you have other options to take it. So I did not know that. Okay. And, and that was through your program that gave that other option or just on your own? Um, Just on your own. Like you can register um, through the college board um, is the website and college board is who does the SAT and also the AP exams. So Mm. it's an organization that, that is a test making um, and giving organization. And so you can register for SATs um, on that website and they have them every, I don't know, couple months and there are different test locations. And so. Okay. Wow. That's good to know. See, this is already, I'm learning already. (laughs) Yeah. So yay. Cause I was like, Oh no, that's, that's a good thing. If, if, if my daughter would agree to taking it more than once, I don't, I don't know yet. We'll, we'll have to, we'll have to see. And, and I'm hearing, and you may know this better, but I'm hearing that some colleges may not be weighing this SAT as much, or some may not even be taking them. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah it's true. And that's part of why the whole game of taking the test is so, um, kind of crazy making right now because there's most colleges through COVID started either being test optional or test blind. 
Um, and so a lot of universities have remained test optional and mm-hmm. I think are weighing whether or not they're going to start looking at SATs and ACTs again mm-hmm. um, or requiring them. And so, I mean, it's kind of, it's interesting, right? Cause it's like, okay, well, if you have the inclination and frankly, the um, finances to be able to work toward getting a really great SAT, well then awesome. Then you can work on that. And if you get mm-hmm. a great score, then that can help sort of um, boost your application. Mm-hmm. But um, but if you don't and you can't, then it gives you, you know, the chance to apply without having to worry about that, the tests being the sort of weakest link. Well, so I'm glad, you know, one thing COVID did bring was maybe looking at this test as, yeah, maybe it's not so important. Not necessary. Not necessary. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, yep. yeah. Right, so that's the hard part, right? The grades, the... SATs, but okay, the actual fun part is actually applying to colleges, starting to look for colleges, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. first of all, applying, what, when do you even apply? Like, what is the grade that you're starting to actually have to turn in these applications? No, you, you apply do. in your senior year. So the fall okay. of your senior year. Yeah. And okay. um, I think early, early action and early decision, you know, will be earlier in the fall fall and that's depending on the school and whether it's early action or early decision makes it binding or non-binding and so um you know people will will apply starting in early in the fall and then i think um applications roll all the way through i feel like you can apply regular decision all the way till seems to me christmas time kind of new year yeah of, of senior year Okay. All right. That's actually later than I thought. Yeah. 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 Okay. So when did you start or did your kids start actually looking at like what college I want to apply to? Um, With our son, he knew he wanted to be sort of go the engineering route. And Mm -hmm. he, um, so that narrowed down kind of what he was looking at and where he wanted to be. Um, And he, yeah, so sort of summer, trying to remember spring spring of junior year summer between junior and senior year he was really honing that Mm -hmm. list and then um we ended up um hiring someone to help him with his essays in the fall of his senior year and so that lisa would actually be my number one piece of advice yeah i was gonna say wait first of all i forgot they have to write essays right but that's okay (laughs) but now you said hire somebody to help write essays what what is that that's a thing i didn't know what is that yeah so um no we don't hire them to write the essays no let's be clear (laughs) to help edit (laughs) um to be to just here here's the advice honestly is that okay um as I mentioned before the the notion of my number one parenting sort of motto is um this balance and wanting the kids to be um I don't know have sort of a work-life balance that is manageable mm-hmm. and also my second motto is to like keep the relationship with the kid um more important than the striving to get into any particular college mm-hmm. and so um the sort of conflicts that arise from 
getting your kid to write their essays or edit their essays or complete the application before the due date um, felt like it was adding just a tremendous amount of pressure and stress and anxiety in our relationship with our son. And so we mm. just thought, what if we, it turns out there are like experts who who totally know how to hone and edit and um, help a person write an essay that really mm. um, gets to the heart of what the what's being asked. And so, yeah, so we were able to get someone to help him do that. And that made all the difference. I would say, I mean, who knows how much it helped him in terms of getting into college, but it helped our family not hate each other by the end of the process. Yeah. So I'm assuming yeah. this person also had deadlines like, okay, yes. you're going to have to write this section by this time. I'll read it and, and you know, help you help edit yes. it or whatever. So instead of you saying like, okay, yes. you have to have it in by, I can see that nagging really being horrible. I didn't even think of thanks. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. No, that to me, okay. like it, it did not occur to me. I have friends who hired, um, you know, college counselors from freshman year of mm-hmm. um, high school to help their kids sort of make sure they got their schedule right so that they could get mm-hmm. into the right college so that they could, everything went really smoothly the whole way. Never mm-hmm. occurred to me to do that um, until mm-hmm. we were just in this constant sort of strife. And I just thought, oh, maybe what if we get an objective third party in here Um and mm-hmm. to provide those due dates and to provide the insight on maybe you should use this word instead of that word or take out this sentence or reorganize that part mm-hmm. of it. And that um, that was really helpful. So like, uh, here's the thing, like if you can afford to hire somebody to help, great. Mm-hmm. But and we happen to be in a place where we can do that. But I know a lot of people can't. So I don't want to like presume that, oh, just hire someone, right. pay someone, you know, like I love the idea of utilizing people in the in your community to help um Mm -hmm. sisters or uncles or whoever but then also like particularly for us like that they have a whole college where they help kids work toward applying and figuring things out and you know there's a there's a ton of resources there so so schools, schools have a ton of resources is what a ton of resources. Schools have a ton of resources. High schools have a ton of resources. Yeah. Their um, counselors can be hugely beneficial. And so to, to leverage that and mm-hmm. use what's um, already available through the school. Yeah. So, so how many, so you have essays, how many colleges would you say your kids apply to? Like what's, what's an average amount you think people are applying to? I know you want a safety school. I know you want a reach school and then these schools in between, but like how many, how many is that? Um, so I have friends whose kids applied to uh, eight or 10 or 12 oh, or more. Wow. Yeah. But sorry, our son applied to four or five, five mm-hmm. schools. And that seemed really reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, there was, there were a couple that were definitely reaches um, mm-hmm. that we thought even if he got into them would not probably be great for him because they would be too stressful and not, not the right fit, mm-hmm. um, but fun to try to, you know, push yourself and see, you never mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um, and then a safety school or two. And then the place he ended up was sort of that Goldilocks spot, just kind of right in the middle. Nice. Where it was just a good fit for him. So, um, yeah. 
Okay, so that that's a, I mean to me that's what I was thinking probably like four or five. Yeah, eight to ten sounds like a lot of applications to get in. Yeah. And, and essays. To write. Yeah. Yeah. So. so there's there's a common application, a common app that you hear about that um, mm. is common across a lot of schools. Again, I should know what schools use the common app and which don't, but I don't know that. So there there's an actual app that you can be applying for colleges on? Is that what you're saying? Um, well, it's called the Common App. It's not oh. like an app on your phone. It's like the Common oh, Application. Oh, application. Like, it's an app? <laughs> That's There's an okay, app for, for that. People listening, making apps for applications. <laughs> that is awesome. Okay. <laughs> but this is not that. This is no. called the Common Application. Yeah. Okay, so you can apply for multiple schools on it? Is that... Yeah, so it's like, it's, my understanding is it's sort of like a a baseline um, application, and then some schools utilize that and then also have additional um, supplementary um, essays. Mm. So you have those in addition to the common app, but you're not rewriting the whole thing over and over again. Okay, great. that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and thank goodness. That sounds sounds much easier. And once again, I did not know that. So, wow. Okay. Learned another thing. So yeah. it's good. So, okay. So he's applying. He wrote, he's finally wrote his essays. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and now when he, when do you actually go? When are you like looking for colleges? Do you actually go to colleges and check them out before applying? Do you get in and then, and then go see which one you would like? What was that process? Yeah, so it was tricky with um, our son because that was all happening right during the COVID shutdown of COVID. So we were mm-hmm. kind of like um, not visiting, not going anywhere. You couldn't even fly anywhere, right? Or it was um, very much like uh, picking something sight unseen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were virtual tours and visits that he could do. Um, and then ultimately we did go out there we did a road trip um he actually went on a road trip with some friends to visit um Mm. in california and so although he wasn't able to be there when the students were all there um he was able to see the campus and see the town and um but he but he really didn't visit until after he got in Mm. Um, okay um i think with our daughter we will be visiting like this summer, probably visiting schools that she's interested in. So it will be a totally different thing. Like she'll, she might visit a place and be like, I don't want to apply here. Mm, um, yeah. And, yeah. Right. So it's a, it'll be a very different sort of. So, okay. Here's a, here's a question. Okay. Mm-hmm. Getting more into the emotional piece of this um, mm-hmm. for your son, I guess, since he already went through the process, like mm-hmm. what, what happens when they don't get in? Right. Oh, this yeah. School that they wanted. Their friends are getting in. First one or two are rejections. Mm. And how? I mean, that's crushing. How mm-hmm. did that did that happen? And how how to support your child when that happens? Yeah. Well, it is. It's just. It's so hard, and the odds are so so long. Um, getting mm-hmm. into some of these schools and. Um, you don't know as a, you know, high school senior who all you're up against and what all the admissions folks are looking for on any given day when they're looking through all these applications. And, and it's hard to keep perspective on all that. I, um, so, yeah, it's, it can be crushing. I think 
again with our son it was this whole process was happening during covid when there was so much um quite frankly stress and anxiety just writ large across society that it all felt uncertain and unsettled all the time and so Mm -hmm. getting into college or not getting into college everything felt so uncertain that it was sort of like I don't know Lisa it just was sort of like yeah we were it's weird like yeah you're in a pandemic like that almost like that maybe it's not as important I mean it didn't was yeah yeah Yeah. and like yeah it's exactly right it's like it felt really important but it also felt like, I don't know, will he even get to go to college? Exactly. Can he go away? Yeah. Are they going to be open? Are we going to be able to go back yeah. to school? Yeah. yeah. yeah the whole thing felt very sort of uncertain. So I think that took a little bit of that life and death feeling off of college because it was like life and death just yeah. living through the day. Um, yeah. Again, going back to my motto that speaks to the need for balance, right? And doing mm-hmm. some stretch schools and some safety schools and maybe a Goldilocks in the middle. Yeah. That's just the right spot. And, mm-hmm. um, and hoping that just the right spot, um, you know, that the stars align and it, uh, it works out. Yeah. Yeah. And it will. And it will. Yeah. I, I, I believe that, you know, you end up where you should be, you know, yeah. so with things like that. So I, I, yeah. I think it will, which is probably what I will be saying to my daughter if she's <laughs> crying on a letter that she gets in a yes. letter. But, um, but that will be what I will say. Yeah. Uh, but now that you're, you have one out of the house, you have one leaving the house soon. I mean, emotionally for you, how does it feel that you're, you know, your kids are leaving? Yeah. Hard, right? Yeah. Um, it is surreal. Like a lot of the time, especially, yeah, you just sort of think, oh, this is weird. Where he's like <laughs> moving out. That's that's weird. Yeah. And then he's gone and his room's empty and it's just mm-hmm. every now and then it's still like, What? What? This is so strange and weird and we miss his just his you know, when you have a family and you've got these different personalities and the system is the system with all the different personalities and what makes the family work and so with with one of them missing it's a whole different system Mm -hmm. um and so that is sad and hard um but we also are so so psyched for him to be thriving in this new place Mm -hmm. and so there's that bittersweet right where you're like psyched to see your kid thriving and flourishing and also miss them Um, yeah and so it's the good, it's the good hard part of being a parent. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like, you know, kindergarten when kindergarten started and you put your kid on the bus, like all the moms and dads are crying. Like everyone's upset and they're sad and they're crying. Yeah. And I thought I would be that mom too. Like, Oh my God, my daughter's on the bus. My son's on the, you know? Mm-hmm. And honestly, like I was shocked that I was like, no, this is so exciting. You're on the bus. You know, like yeah. <laughs> it was like, I, I was surprised that I wasn't crying. Like, because I was just so excited that they were on the bus and they were going to school and it was so fun. Right. So yeah. I, yeah. I'm interested. I feel like I should be really sad when I drop my kids off at college, but I also feel like I, I might be the parent that is just like, Oh my God, they're in college and yay. And oh, I can't wait to hear all those new things. So yeah. I guess I, can, I I feel what you're saying about, you know, you're excited for them, but it's also kind of this, you know, sadness to see his room just there and empty. Yeah. Totally. It's the nostalgia, but also like feeling really proud and happy, you know, when you see your kid thriving Um, and, and look, if they're ready to go to college, 
you know, there will be, there will always be the, the panicked calls about forgetting something crucial or missing some important thing or mm -hmm. um, adulting being too hard. But, um, you know, if by, by and large, your kid is ready for this big new adventure, then there's a part of you that's just really excited to see them trying. Yeah. 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 Do you feel, do you feel that your kids are like emotionally ready to leave, you know, emotionally ready and prepared for that next phase? Yeah, I feel like um, you they'll never be totally ready, but um, that it felt like with our son, he really was, it was time um, and, and we were never with him like I know some of my friends were like, oh, I can't wait for this kid to get out of the house and just mm -hmm. go to college. He's so ready and he's so done being here and we just are ready to get him out of here. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't like that with our kid. He, We loved having him around and it was fun to have him here and be part of um, our family unit right up until it was time for him to go. But mm -hmm. it also just felt like, oh yeah, you're, it's, you're it's ready. Tough. You're ready yeah. to to spread your wings um and you know there have been times in the intervening few months that he's been there that he's felt like he isn't ready but mm. he really he's proving to himself I think every day that he is capable and um, ready to to be practicing this adulting thing yeah, yeah yeah I mean and it's such a, I mean what a great experience to be away in an environment that's still kind of controlled, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. college and it's still school. You still have your classes and things, kind of this controlled place. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, I feel like there's so much growth that, that happens there. So yeah. So it's, it's great. So even if he wasn't emotionally ready or wasn't ready, uh, it's so nice to hear that he's learning, that he, he actually is more ready than he thought he was. Yeah. He's, he's, Learning a ton, for sure. And I'll tell you, he is the kid who says, will say, are you, what are you doing tonight on a weekend night? And he'll be like, studying. And we're yeah. like, you need to go do something fun. He's like, you guys, I didn't come here to party. I came here to learn. Oh, whoa. Okay. <laughs> I actually was the kid that studied on the weekends, too. But oh, Lisa. Yeah, I like did. Yeah. I do. I still have fun, but mm -hmm. I just didn't have a. I, as my dad used to say, having fun is good for you, just not too much fun. <laughs> yeah, everything yeah. in moderation. <laughs> everything in moderation. So, okay, what would you give other parents that are entering this phase? What advice would you give to prepare themselves for this transition? Well, I would say to not forget that the relationship with the kid is really the way more important than any other thing that you're trying to do in this year and a half or two years. Mm -hmm. So you want to be able to like each other and enjoy each other. And so if that means asking your friend, you know, talking to your kid and being like, how can we leverage our community to help us through this? Use friends if you can afford to hire someone to help edit essays. Um, if you mm -hmm. have a friend who's a great um, editor or really great at um, deadlines, who your kid will listen to, you know, use the, use the community to help you um, so that you can maintain the relationship with the kid. Um, mm -hmm. 
if if at all possible to not just burden the relationship between the parent and the kid to the extent of you know becoming so focused on getting the college stuff done that you sort of lose sight of the larger picture right especially since it's kind of the last year in the house you want it you know you don't want to be just fighting with each yeah. other yeah and that for me seemed like mm-hmm. um the the thing that the thing that i unexpectedly discovered by getting someone to help their son with <laughs> getting our son to help um just with those that final push on his applications was getting to enjoy being together and not constantly harping on him about um mm-hmm. due dates and edits and stuff so yeah i would say that and i would say um it is um there's a ton of pressure it seems like these days for kids to know what is they want to do for the rest Mm. of their lives when they're 16 or 17 and to me that it can become undue pressure to try to know what you want to major in and what you want to do for your career and um to just like hold that really gently for your kids and Mm -hmm. um, be like yeah I hope that you you know have some ideas of what you might be passionate about but you know what it's okay too if that changes and um I don't know just not add undue pressure on that for for kids that's a real good one this well this has been honestly so helpful (laughs) I am so glad you could talk about this with me today um I think it was helpful I learned a lot about all the things that I'm about to experience in probably another year or so. And um, all the things you need to research because I only told you half the information. <laughs> all the things I need to look up. Uh, yes. I, I did write them down. Good. I did. Um, but honestly, I, I, you know, I didn't know a lot. I didn't know about a college board that, I mean, I know that it's there, but I didn't know that you had options to take an SAT whenever you really yeah. wanted to. Yeah, I didn't know about this common application. I mean, we would have been writing every single application, <laughs> like probably handwriting because we didn't even know it was on the computer. Yeah. Um, so really very beneficial. <laughs> so. I'm so glad I could help. <laughs> so thank you. Um, you are welcome. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I know I learned a lot from Becky today, and I also know I have a lot more to look up and prepare so that I can help my kids start this next adventure. Feel free to share your experiences, your resources, and your story on our Real Life Moms Facebook group. I know I'm personally going to need all the advice and any tips from parents that have already been through this with their kids. And don't forget to follow Real Life Moms so you don't miss an episode.